OK, we are up and running. Hello, welcome to another episode of Black Lions Airspace. I am Zachary Shiloh. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. Ala, capital B, capital L, capital L. I mean, yeah, let's try this again. Capital B, capital L, capital K, Lion, 130. You can actually listen to this show by multiple means of going to my link tree, which should take you to places like Spotify, Anchor, Apple Pods, Stitcher, and Breaker. Also, please subscribe to my YouTube page, which is home of Black Lines Eyesight. My special guest today, she's a sweetheart in our little community on Twitter. She's more than just a pro wrestling head. She's a gamer. She's a wife. She's a mother. So many good things can be said about this uh, wonderful woman that I have on. Without further ado, welcome to Roaming Around with Ori from Ori from Progress. Hello. Thank you so much for having me and thank saying so many nice things about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. All right. So I actually came back to Twitter on May 4th and I was starting to find people that I knew going back from uh, October onward. Mm -hmm. And you were definitely on the list and I knew I actually had to have you on here. Aww. So with the bottom of my heart, in your hands, I say thank you very much again for coming on. Oh, well, it's absolutely my pleasure. You know, we have a great uh, wrestling and podca in podcasting in general community on Twitter, and I am always down to help any of our podcasters in any way, shape, form, or fashion, whether it's being on a show or doing some research, or I do try to jump in and as in as many of the live streams as I can to chat with people and keep conversation moving because I know how it is to try and do a live uh, live stream and nobody's there <laughs> and it's dead <laughs> and you're talking to yourself and you're like, okay, so. <laughs> so I try to interact as much as I can where I can with as many people as I can, you know, and it's tough. We, we have a lot of great podcasters like yourself and Anthony at Smart to Death, JPQ, Queen of Any, Warren Hayes, who I am very slack on. I need to, I need to <laughs> hop in. I, I haven't been in one of Warren's streams in a long time and I feel bad because I hop in everybody else's. And it's not that I don't like Warren. I think Warren's great and I love interacting with him and giving him a little crap here and there. But, you know, I, I forget to get in or usually when his pops up, something is going on or I'm already in Anthony's stream or there's always something. And so I feel horrible that, I, that I've been very lax on on poor Warren. So I'll have to jump in maybe next week and, and try and stir up the, stir up the, the, the controversy or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Well, speaking of our history uh, together, I believe we actually did meet by way of smart to death, uh, Warren Hayes or our dear, dear friend, uh, one DJ Kirby or Mags. Oh, as Mags. people know him as. I love Mags. I really do. Mags is just a, just a fun, special person. I love Mags. Oh, yes, he is. And like I said before, to him, without his help, 
there is no Black Lion Terror space. I probably would have not gone through with this without his support. And I know he's listening. So if you truly are, Mags, and I know you are, thank you very much for your support. Mags is an amazing support. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you up. Mags is an amazing supporter. He's, He's helped me out more than I can say. And, you know, come to think of it, me and Mags had a conversation a while back about something... Oh. Yeah. Hmm. 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 The gears are turning. I'm thinking now. <laughs> oh. Mag- Mags is great about um, helping people come up with ideas and supporting those ideas and trying to find way. And there's there's a lot of other uh, people. Uh, Dave, who? Oh shoot! Any other time, I could say his Twitter handle. Um, Good guy, Dave. Yeah, good guy, Dave. He's great about helping people out and say, you know, I don't know how to do something or I don't know how exactly to do this. He's great as well about here. Let me look that up for you or here. I know how to do that. And both of those guys are extremely supportive within our podcasting and Twitter um, community. And I appreciate them so very much. Oh, man. Speaking of good guy, Dave. Good news, ladies and gentlemen. If you are a fan of uh, Dave Profetsky, he will be on this show. However, I actually learned from Mags, <laughs> his appearance on Mags, show called Why We Watch, and I was actually on there after him, and or he was on exactly after me. All right, so... <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Good guy, Dave, he did this as a favor to our dear friend, Kelsey, who's actually gone by the name of uh, Super Kicking It with Kelsey and is one half of the uh, Two-Faced pod, if I still am correct. So good guy, Dave, he felt kind of weird. Not to me. I understood where he was coming from overall. But I came up with a new system of interviewing people and I thought he would be the perfect person to start with where I know that some people will probably have health issues or whatever Mm -hmm. all right they can't come on with me vocally why not just send them some questions and just reading it on air and then at the end of it all give them the credit that they deserve and then plugging away on social media. Why not? So, good guy, Dave, if you truly are listening, and I think you possibly are, thank you very much for agreeing to come on. And your appearance on uh, June 20th, I can actually say is going to be one of my favorite episodes to record. So, awesome. from, so one of my biggest supporters in the whole entire world, thank you very much. All right, Ori, from there... Let's get into uh, what we have to talk about today. Let's do it. All right. So what was it like for you growing up? Um, Growing up for me, um, my parents divorced very early and I lived, uh, my mother and I lived with my grandmother. Um, My mom has, both my mom and my dad have been remarried twice and their current uh, partners are amazing. I love my bonus mom and my bonus dad. They're they're really awesome people. Um, but growing up was it was mostly 
me and mom and, and grandma. And even when I got older, I, you know, I'd stayed with my grandmother a little bit. Um, after I had gotten married, my husband and I stayed with her until she passed. And my grandmother and I were very close. I was, I'm my mother's only child. Um, but I have a half sister and a stepbrother. Um, so it, it's one of those weird things where I was raised as an only child, but I wasn't really an only child. Um, I went to my dad's, my dad moved to North Carolina. And so I went up there usually two months out of the year during the summer and saw him. Um, so mostly I was an only child. I did my own thing. Uh, when video games came out, Nintendos, I played a little bit of Nintendo. I was very into music. I read like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I love series of books, like anything where the story will continue throughout three, four, five, six, twelve, fifteen, twenty-two books. Because I'm one of those people that wants to know what happens next. You know, whether it's the the main character story or if the next continuation is another two characters, but those original main characters are in the background, like the, but somehow the story continues on. And I love series like that. It, it's, it's a, it's a great thing. And it's a problem because you get to a point, like for example, today I just finished a three book series and the fourth book doesn't come out until July 30th. And I'm like, Oh, cause I'm ready to know what happens next. And so, um, I love getting into books. Like I did, uh, I want to say I've read all of Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles. Oh, really? If I'm not mistaken, it's been a very long time. Wow. But I'm pretty sure I've read all the, and it's kind of hard not to when you live in South Louisiana and a lot of it takes place in South Louisiana. There's <laughs> also an offshoot series, um, Lasher and Taltos that kind of, it, that happens down in New Orleans and it's kind of, it's, there's parts of it that curve back into Lestat and everything. And so it's, it's a very interesting series, but I am a huge reader. Like I recently went through all of my subscriptions on, like I, I took a month snapshot of my bills and went, okay, this is a subscription. This is a subscription and started kind of paring things down going, look, I really, I'm not using all of these subscriptions. There's just no way. And I got to my Kindle unlimited, which is like 10 bucks a month. And it'll let me check out like up to 10 books and read as much as I want. And I was like, yeah, no, that one's not going anywhere. I, I can't get rid of that one. <laughs> I oh, read yeah, way too like much. with my pro wrestling stuff. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, my credit card got stolen. Oh, on my you have my debit card. And, like, I caught it quick, thankfully. Like, the bank caught it quick. They tried to order, like, $150 worth of alcohol online and then ordered, like, I think an $80 and $40 thing uh, order from Pizza Hut. And so it's like, okay, well, you're going to get your pizza, but you're not getting your booze. So, meh. <laughs> 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 like oh, fine enjoy your pizza but you're not getting any alcohol to go with it oh you're such a sweetheart if i actually could well, I, right well but that's the thing like how am i like i don't know which pizza hut it was ordered from so i have no way of knowing like i, I don't know how to call the local store and be like hey somebody fraudulently fraudulently used my credit card or my debit card to order pizza so I have no way of no. So I was just, it's like, you know, report it to the bank and let them take care of it, which they did. And so, but when all that happened, Ring of Honor got canceled, Progress got canceled, 
WWE Network was actually already canceled because we weren't watching it at all. Um, I can't remember who else was on there that got canceled. I think I think it was just Ring of Honor and Progress. I think those were the two that I was subscribing to. But but yeah, and it was just like, you know, there was too much going on at the time. I just couldn't even though they're very small subscriptions, I just couldn't really I didn't with everything else that I had going on at that moment, which we'll talk about later, I just couldn't justify keeping that or renewing that subscription with a new card. But um we were talking about growing up, but yeah, I, gr- I grew up with my grandmother. My grandmother and I were very close. I found out later on in life um, because my grandfather, um, he lived when, when we initially moved in when I was little. And when I say little, we're talking two, three years old. When we initially moved in with my grandmother, my grandfather was still alive and he was living with us or of course living in the house, um, but he had colon cancer. And so we had um, a hospital bed in the living room. Um, I have vague memories of crawling up in the hospital bed and taking naps with him and standing next to the bed and thinking the bed was so tall that he could reach his hand up and touch the ceiling. So I have a couple vague memories with my grandfather, but not a whole lot. Um, But I found out later on in life that my grandfather, who subsequently um, passed due to his cancer when I was, I think, three or four, um, he was a huge wrestling fan. He loved it. And it's, and I say that because my mother is not a wrestling fan. My father is not a wrestling fan. My grandmother is not a wrestling fan. You know, no one in my family that I know is really a wrestling fan. And so it was kind of that weird, funny thing where it kind of skipped a generation. Um, and I also found out later that my uncle, um, actually before he passed, took my grandfather to a local wrestling show and apparently he was all excited and in it and jumping up and yelling and the whole nine yards. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun to see that or or hear that um, about my grandfather when I didn't get to experience it and to know that there's part of him in some way still living in me because I'm the same type of way. I get to a wrestling show and I'm jumping up and screaming and booing and, (laughs) The whole, oh, I'm so into it. I was at progress. I was doing Cajun calls. Like, and I know nobody knew what they were. And I was like, and, and I knew people were looking at me like I was crazy. And I just didn't even care. I was so into it and having so much fun. It was great. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of cool knowing that he was kind of the same type of fan that I was. I mean, I do remember trying to watch WWE or WWF when I was a kid and it was early on in Undertaker's career when he was with Paul Bearer and he was coming out with the Druid and the torches. And it's kind of funny because my birthday is late October, like so late October, it's almost Halloween. So I love all of the spooky stuff and witches and, you know, stuff like that. I was so deathly afraid of Undertaker. I could not watch it. Jesus Christ. I, could, I know, I know. Older version of my ex-fiance, my first one. Yeah, like, I couldn't watch it. I was scared completely. And I, I can't watch horror movies either. Like, I'm, I like the idea of horror movies. I like the idea of being scared. But some of that stuff, if I watch horror movies too late at night, I'll dream about it. Oh, and, but instead of the characters in the movie... 
the characters will be replaced by people I love and it will freak me out. And then I have to try, my dreams are extremely vivid. And so I have problems with it. So I can't do horror movies or, or haunted houses, nothing like that. It, it freaks me out too much. So, but yeah, I was deathly afraid of Undertaker back in the day. Ooh, yeah. As I said earlier, you sound like an older version of my uh, first fiance. <laughs> right now. She's that crazy one over there. She actually tried to jump the guardrail at our very first show because she got so excited at a damn tables match. I said, oh, no. That's funny. (laughs) I like her. I mean, I don't condone jumping the guardrail for any reason. However, unless you're an EMT and somebody's hurt. (laughs) That goofball, she's not going to jump over the rail. She actually... Has a little bit of a wild side to her, but she's good-hearted. <laughs> and you could go back to my last episode and... Oh, I'm un- going to have to. I'm going to have to. Because she's definitely sounding like you from what it sounds <laughs> like to me. And I'm saying, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get into actual pro wrestling then. Okay. All right, so you said that you started off with uh, Undertaker, right? Like when he really started his gimmick as the as that version of the undertaker yes and no so like i said i tried to watch when i was younger um but it undertaker was around he freaked me out too much so i kind of quit watching a little bit here and there um but then after i graduated in high school so many years ago that i don't want to tell you the number um <laughs> I I started dating this guy. Well, I'm going to have to tell you, I graduated in 99. And then early 2000, um, I moved in with a friend of mine and started dating this guy. um, And he was a huge wrestling fan, wanted to be a wrestler, um, wasn't actually, due to circumstances, able to do school or anything but he was working on it he kept trying he would work on his physique and that kind of thing Um, but he loved wrestling and so he didn't have a tv or cable and we did at our apartment so he would come over monday nights and watch monday night raw and so he kind of got me you know me wanting to be the good girlfriend and be supportive like okay i'll watch what you watch and i got into it Oh, did I majorly get into it? And this was the time of Matt and Jeff and Lita and Team Extreme. And that's what got me into it, especially seeing Lita, you know, walk around like the badass that she was with a thong hanging out her jeans and doing (laughs) moonsaults and like, and I was, I died. Well, okay. I had started dyeing my hair red during my senior year of high school, not because of Lita. But he's like, she's got red hair and I've got red hair and she's badass and I can be badass. And so it kind of all, you know, you know, it's, you know, representation does matter. Everybody likes to see themselves, you know, on a screen. But it, I don't know. I guess in some ways it, it was representation for me and in, it was representative of who I saw myself wanting to become someone strong, someone with tattoos and piercings and wild hair and who didn't give a crap what anybody else thought about them. And so, you know, as much as I love Matt and Jeff, like Lita was really the thing that got me into it and her and Trish Stratus and Edge and Christian and the Dudley boys. And I've really loved tag team wrestling. And so that's what really kind of, 
got me in and kept me in for the longest time. And I was able to go to one Raw and one house show during that time, during my early, late teens, early 20s with a friend of mine. As a matter of fact, we were at the Raw in Lafayette where Kane uh, gave the last ride to both Jeff and Lita off the side stage. Off the side of the main, yeah, off the side of the entrance stage. And I was, if, if you can find that clip, the seats, you know, you've got the floor and then the first level kind of angles up. And then this, the next level, you know, angles way up into the, you know, as we call the nosebleeds and stuff. I was on that all the way to the edge on the, the side where he threw them off so much so that, you know, they've got that black curtain on the side that separates the floor from backstage. I could see over that curtain into the backstage area. So I was watching, I have really bad blurry pictures cause I brought my camera with me and it was one of those old click and spin the wheel type cameras. <laughs> yes. And so I have really bad pictures of Lita and Jeff being carted out, uh, backstage and over the curtain and and whatnot so but i was i was in there i was in that crowd and i'll never forget that i'm like no 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 and so it was it was a really cool moment and then i want to say the maybe it was a week before maybe we were at the house show which was in baton rouge at it's now the Raising Cane's River Center. It was the Centroplex. It will always be the Centroplex to me because that's what it was forever when I was a kid. But <clears throat> we went to the house show and we were on the entrance ramp. And we were right by the barricade on the entrance ramp. And Perry Saturn came out and ended up, you know how Perry Saturn would come out and he would stop and get in somebody's face and try and intimidate them? Yeah. Guess who was the lucky one that night? Oh. And I'm I'm in his face. I'm like, what? What? You gonna do something? You looking at me or you looking at him? Because Perry Saturn is horribly cross-eyed. The worst part of this is that I was working at an Italian restaurant at the time, and I had had a shift before we had gone to the house show. Oh wow! And before we left, uh, we we had calzones, and I had gotten me a calzone and eaten. I think it. it I either had a calzone or pasta. I don't remember what it was, but I'd eaten half of it before we left so I wouldn't be on an empty stomach. Well, as we were sitting there, I got sick. I got so sick. During the matches, I had to sit down, and I was trying to get into it. Now, in between the matches, I was all up and fired up, but then I'd wear out just as soon as the matches started and, you know, in between and whatnot. Once I got home, I was running fever and realized that my own restaurant had given me food poisoning. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was rough. And we had so much trouble trying to get back to his truck to leave. We had parked in one. There was two different parking garages. There was like an east and a west. And we were looking in one. And we had parked actually in the other. And he had thought his truck had gotten stolen or towed or something. And, oh, it was a big, big mess. It That was... There was so much craziness that night that I just, it was, it was, it was too crazy to not be memorable, but it's, you know, but I love, I love going to live wrestling shows. I was so bummed when I wasn't able to go to fight for the fallen. Uh, 
You mean that AEW show that happened uh, last year, correct? Correct. The one in Jacksonville. Um, I had tickets. I was supposed to go. My cousin actually lives in Jacksonville. So I was going to stay with him. And it was basically going to be go up the night before, stay the night with him, go to the show, stay another night with him, and then come home. Well, that same weekend, we had a hurricane come through. And it wasn't... It wasn't the fact that I didn't think I could get out. Things were pretty clear. I could get out and very easily get to Jacksonville. However, in our area, um, about three or four years prior, we had had what was known as the thousand-year flood in Denham Springs, Louisiana. I don't know if you heard about that. And it was one of those things where we had a storm that just came similar to Katrina. and, And it wasn't a... It wasn't a hurricane. It wasn't a tropical depression. It was, wasn't anything like that. It was just a storm. And it just sat over the top of us and didn't move. And it dumped water, just so much water on our area that our area flooded. And so we, had, we were ultimately landlocked because where we live, there are two bridges that can take you in and out of our area. But there's a river, the same river, runs underneath both bridges, and both bridges were covered in water. And so there was just no way in or out of our area, our parish, so to speak. We don't have counties. We have parishes. And so it was, the the concern was, if this hits, and it's worse than we think it is, I have a husband who's a combat veteran with PTSD. I have a son who has anxiety issues. I have a daughter who... Um, has ADHD and is extremely empathetic and has some PTSD left over from the flood because anytime we get a whole, if it rains for more than two or three hours, mama, is it going to flood? Mama, is it going to flood? No, baby, it's not going to flood. I have to reassure her all over again. So it's one of those things that if, if it was worse than we thought, I was leaving them by themselves. And then if it did flood, then I wouldn't be able to come home. I wouldn't be able to get home. And so I'd be stuck. And so, you know, it's, I felt like it was as much as I wanted to go and see Kenny and Jimmy and so forth and so on. Um, it, the best choice was to stay home. You know, and I, and I tried to sell my ticket and it didn't happen. And that's fine. You know, the AEW is supposed to be coming back here December 3rd. And so I'm holding out hope that things are copacetic in the world and we can, you know, I can try and go to that show. And I'm hoping that I can bring my family uh, because we literally haven't been to a show since Raw in Lafayette probably five years ago. That's the last time we were able to go to a show as a family, which is why I'm so excited that AEW is doing what they're doing with Culture City. And so because that's those are resources that, you know, having a dedicated room that my husband, if he's, you know, if the pyro's too much or if the sound's too much or what have you, that he can get up and walk away and go isolate himself with a service dog, you know, that's you know, but still be able to be there and be present and be with us as a family there at the show. I think it's super important. And I'm, I'm really excited to see them work with this group. 
I hear you. I haven't really watched AEW since, uh, what's their November pay-per-view? Oh, goodness. Don't make me go that far back. Uh, I don't remember the pay-per-view's name, but I know that <laughs> I watched it. I thought it was good, but eventually AEW started getting on my nerves with the constant going after WWE. And that's one thing I actually was saying to the likes of uh, Mags and others that we know mutually. Yeah. I said on uh, Why We Watch that AEW has potential, but they cannot keep on going after WWE. Eventually, they're going to lose people like me. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I think it's slowly, very slowly, but surely starting to kind of taper off um, because they are going to lose those fans. They're like, oh, they're trying to make it WCW versus uh uh, WWE again and blah 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 and Full Gear was the pay-per-view you were talking about yes um, but I th it's very hard and this will probably filter into our social media chat it's very it's very difficult nowadays to not take advantage and do something like that um, when you have the opportunity because it gets you clicks and that's what our world is being. It's what our world is revolving around nowadays, you know, monetized clicks from podcasts or clicks on websites or, you know, YouTube videos or whatever. Our, our world has started to revolve around, you know, clicks, whether it's through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or, or what have you. And, you know, there's there's a saying that, you know, the only bad press is no press, which I don't subscribe to that. <laughs> but, you know, because you do want to keep people talking. But at the same time, I think you really, I think if AEW can kind of move away from the pointed the super obvious pointed WWE jabs um, that people will start to pay attention for the right reasons, you know, and there's going to be guys, especially the former WWE guys who came like, I'm just going to say it, Chris Jericho. I love Chris Jericho, you know, yes, he's problematic on occasion, but I do love Chris Jericho as a wrestler and as someone who came up during the Monday Night Wars and someone who is not heavily scripted anymore like they are in WWE, there's going to be opportunities where he can make those pointed jabs and he's going to take them. Like, I just don't like um, when Jake Hager came out and people were all oh, chanting, we the people and everything. And he's like, it's a stupid idea for bad creative. Like... <laughs> It was great, but it was a very pointed jab. And it's the type of thing that I don't see Chris Jericho missing his opportunity to do. And while I, while I agree to a certain extent, it keeps people talking and it keeps people clicking. 
because ultimately, if you can get more eyes on the product in some way, shape, form, or fashion, whether it's through YouTube clicks, whether it's from uh, Twitter clicks to see a clip or whatever, you know, it pu- it's not necessarily a bad thing. At some point, it's if you really want to say we are not them, we are an alternative, then you have to stop making those pointed jabs. You know? I agree wholeheartedly. And that's one thing that made me fall off the radar besides my health at that point in time. Yeah. I was a huge supporter of AEW. Let that be on the record right here, right now. I was supporting AEW. I was paying for their pay-per-views. I was watching Dynamite basically every Wednesday. But then all of a sudden, they kept on going with the WWE jabs over and over again. And I said, oh, no. Oh, no. I can't do this for a while. And then, on and behold, when I really kept up with it, Kenny Omega and uh, Adam Page are the tag team champions. And all of a sudden, the likes of the Lucha Brothers are off doing something else when they should have had the rub. I thought that Kenny Omega and Hangman, respectively, not saying that they're horrible, especially Omega. Uh, my thing with them was these guys should have been fighting for the world title. Okay. Now, while I do not disagree with you, this is what I'm going to say in regards to that. I think a lot of it, having the no crowd shows in the pandemic, forced them to stop certain storylines and reevaluate. You know, they're having to move up storylines that they weren't ready to push yet. They're having to push back other storylines that they were ready to go forward with that they can't now because people are stuck. They cannot get to Jacksonville for whatever reason. For I know for Hangman for a long time, it was a, um, I think it was a health issue. Um, I think there's maybe someone um, in and around him that's potentially immunocompromised like I am. So until they could, you know, get everything in place to where he could keep whoever he needed to safe, then that's why he stayed away so long, you know, and that move. But and also keep in mind the elite. I'm not talking about Cody. I'm talking about Kenny and the Bucks, the elite, the core elite. They are huge fans of long-term storylines and long-term payoffs. We've seen it time and time again, you know, which is why we all, you know, they start throwing us these bones in, you know, like, like Cody with the, with his whiteboard and all the stuff written (laughs) on it, you know, make, you know, bait and switching and giving us false leads and long-term payoffs. You know, it was right there all along, you know? So I think, I think a lot of people have forgotten how much they love these long-term storylines, first of all. Second of all, I think with the pandemic and having no crowd shows has forced them to reevaluate and go, okay, this is something we can put in place and pay off later. This is something that we can move up and pay off sooner in the interim and so forth and so on. Kenny and... uh, Hangman also had lots of really good tag matches in New Japan. So to to say they 
aren't the greatest tag team, I think is doing a disservice to that history just a little bit because they, they do work very well together. Um, and the other thing with them not being in the world championship picture, I mean, look at Cody versus Okada, one through four. Uh, not Cody. Kenny. 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 <laughs> I, I, I caught myself. I was like, did I say Cody? Not Cody. Kenny. <laughs> Who am I, I right now? I'm confused because Cody did get a few no. shots at the IWGP Championship, so it's okay. Okay, so Kenny versus Okada, one through four. Kenny is always best in the chase. And 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 I think Hangman is is in what they did with him at the beginning was great in the chase. Not only that, you've also got Kenny being in an executive vice president position, bringing in um, a lot of this international talent. And I don't mean just Japanese. We've got the Chinese from OWE. We've got mm -hmm. Shanna from Brazil. We've got a lot of internet, you know, the guys from uh, AAA CMLL, because I can't remember which one's uh, which at this point that's working with them. Ooh. You know, like the Lucha Bros and all this, that, and the other. You have... Uh, a lot of different people, which means a lot of different styles. And this is the thing that I think that Kenny is really working um, to excel at that gives them an edge over WWE. When you come into WWE, whether you're Charlotte, whether you're Becky Lynch, whether you're Io Shirai or Asuka, or whomever. And I, I use those people specifically for a reason. When you come into to WWE, you are told, and I don't know this for a fact, but this is what it seems like to me. When you come in there, you're told, forget what you know. This is how you're going to do it. Yes, you can add your own flair. Yes, you can add your own style. But this is how you wrestle. This is the WWE style of wrestling. And I think it does them a disservice. When you have people like Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, despite all the good that she's done, who bring in, and just those bring in that British UK style, strong style of wrestling. And then you've got people like Io Shirai, uh, Kyrie Sane, Asuka, who bring in that Japanese style of wrestling. You've got other people from Mexico and South America that uh, bring in their style of wrestling. It can give you a more diverse wrestling style roster because you can't say the you can't say that the WWE's roster isn't diverse. Oh yes, it is. It, it Just is very at face, yeah, at face value, it's very diverse. But when it comes to being in the ring, it's very cookie cutter. You know, Charlotte was born and bred in the WWE system, and that's that's why I used her as an example. But you've got people like Io, who's amazing, and Kyrie Sane, and Asuka, who are amazing, and Rhea Ripley, and Tony Storm, and uh, Piper Niven, who are amazing, but mm. they're not utilizing their previous training and their previous styles as much to bolster the diversity of their wrestling styles within, and I'll say it this way, within the North American WWE ring. And I say that because of NXT. I say it that way because of NXT UK. Right. So... Oh. 
that what Kenny is doing, bringing in, you know, Awesome Kong and Shanna and Nyla Rose and, you know, all these other people, the Lucha Bros. You're not only are you bringing bringing in a a, a diverse cast of characters, so to speak, but you're bringing in a a, a, blah, 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 a diverse. <laughs> my my brain is working faster than my mouth right now. You're bringing oh, in a, a diverse wrestling style. And it's something that, and this is something that I believe on last night's Smart to Death that uh, JPQ and Anthony and Queen, I think JPQ had a whole rant about it, to be perfectly honest with you. But they're, they're bringing in these diverse styles that the North American audience hasn't seen before. What we're used to seeing is the WWE style and the Canadian style, which is pretty much morphed into the WWE style. Let's be, you know, completely honest. Mm. So, you know, I mean, there's offshoots of that. I'll completely admit there's probably some offshoots to that, but you know, it, it's stuff that the, that we as North Americans have not seen. We haven't had the opportunity to see up until recently with new Japan world and new Japan on axis and, um, DDT world and you know stardom world hashtag watch stardom gotta throw that out for JPQ. <laughs> yeah. gotta throw that one out for JPQ and so you know all these different styles that we haven't you know and if if you didn't know they were there if all you've had access to is WWE and now you have AEW on on Wednesday nights in a prime time slot and you see all these people like now you have that ability to see them on primetime television to see what they can do. And so I think, I think Kenny, while a lot of people may not be happy with where Kenny and hangman are positioned, I think in the long run, in the building of the company, in the building of the talent and the melding of the different styles to make it quote unquote, look good for TV, you know, (laughs) to make, you know, to make sure it works on TV, to make sure that people are, are, into what they're saying. I think from an EVP to and and you know building the women's division, I think in the grand scheme of things, Kenny and Hangman are perfectly positioned. And once they drop the titles, which may or may not be um, at Fighter Fest in the next couple of weeks to best friends, it'll put Hangman, it can potentially put Hangman and Kenny back in the chase for either TNT Championship or World Championship. And I think Hangman has done a lot of good for himself over the last couple years, sitting at the learning tree, so to speak, of the Bucks and Kenny and Cody. Um, And now he has people like Arn Anderson and Dean Malenko and jake the snake and all you know jim ross Uh, he has all these other people with experience to pull from and so i think when we do get to see a chasing hangman again i expect it to to look somewhat like kenny's chase and and how how we enjoy watching kenny chase and get so close and not quite get there and so because you know there's no new storylines in professional wrestling there are not. Oh, okay. You're talking about Hangman becoming, uh, or excuse me, getting back on the chase. Do you think that uh, Mox will be the champion at that point? 
Ooh, that's a good question. I, I, I can see Hangman going up against Mox and losing and both of them coming out looking strong. I I think that's definitely a possibility. I do think Mox is going to hang on to the belt for a little while longer. I, I can possibly see, because once again, long-term storylines, I think it's going to ultimately come down to a series of matches between Kenny and Mox. And I, and I think Kenny's going to take it off of him. I don't think we're going to get in after everything that's gone down, the, the fines that they got from the Kenny Mox original match and then (laughs) the pandemic and everything. I don't think we're going to see any, uh, any, we might get some slight hardcore, but I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of death matches and whatnot, which sucks because we're not going to see Jimmy versus Luther in all its glory and what it could be. Uh-huh. But not not in AEW anyway. We might get it elsewhere, but we're not going to get it in AEW. Um, but I think eventually, eventually, and this may be a whole nother year down the road i think because i think mox is going to have a good long run and i think he deserves to have a good long run you know he's come in there as the guy the most dominant guy and i think some of that is hard with not having crowds Uh, i think they've i think aew as a whole has done really really good at keeping the excitement and the momentum of having mox's champ up um with not having a crowd the match between um mox and hang on i'll tell you a second uh brody lee brody lee at um double or nothing was really good and it definitely hit some of your hardcore marks. Um, we have Mox versus Lant, no, Brian Cage coming up. And that's going to be a killer match. Uh, but I think that's going to be also be one of those where I don't think Cage is going to win. I still think he's, I think it's going to, be a lot like the Brody Lee match where he's going to walk away looking strong, but he's not going to, he's not going to take it off of Mox. I just think it's too soon. It's, it's way too soon because I mean, Mox won it off of Jericho at all out, which was August. No, I'm sorry. He won it off of, uh, off of, uh, hang on. Where, <laughs> what is this? November. It was revolution in February. I'm I'm Wikipediaing everything to double check myself, uh, but yeah, Jericho versus Mox at Revolution. Um, that's only been February. To for him to March, April, May, four months, a four month reign. Eh. If it was somebody else, maybe, maybe. I, I just think it's I think it's too soon to pull it off of Mox at this point. Right, especially with him being undefeated up into that point. Oh, man. Yeah. That's almost yeah. kind of like getting into uh, Bill Goldberg territory or Undertaker WrestleMania style uh, territory. Oh, yeah. 
And I think I think they're purposefully building him that way, and I like it. I, I really like it. I mean, the, he's had the Dark Order attack him. He's had Taz and Brian Cage call him out. So he's not completely untouchable. And they've made him look like he's not completely untouchable. But, you know, that, that match with him and Brody Lee... Like he, he took some serious hits and that's, I think that's what I like about how they are building Moxley and how Moxley is building himself. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. You know, it's, it's, I'm not untouchable, but so you want to come hit me, come hit me, but you want to go, we'll go. And so, and I'm going to take my lumps, but I'm going to fight back and we're going to do this. And so I, I, I really, I really love that about how Moxley plays it. Plays plays the hand, so to speak. So, oh, and he's been one of my favorites for over a decade now. All right, so staying in the wrestling realm, and we can kind of stay within the AEW bubble a little bit. Um, <clears throat> before the epidemic hit, mm-hmm. I it almost started to seem like to me that there was starting to be a sign of partnerships that have not been seen yet, mm-hmm. meaning the uh, AEW possibly with New Japan and Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. If we actually did get that super show that was supposed to happen at MSG roughly now in a month and 16 days time, which was called Russell Dynasty, do you think that AEW probably would have had a hand in it? If you would have asked me that two weeks ago prior to being the elite, I would have said no. Because I'm very much, you know, while I like the idea of the rumor and speculation and whatnot, I don't put a whole lot of stock into it. But if we had not had the pandemic and we still had the BTE that we got... Um, not this past week, but I want to say the week before, uh-huh. if we would have got, still gotten that same BTE or something similar where Marty showed up at the end, then I would have been like, oh yeah, this is happening. Like I, I really, and I have, I'm still not caught up on BTE because, um, I've gotten to the point where. I like to wait until the end of the month and binge them all at once instead of watching them right as they come out. Cause, cause, cause once again, for me, BTE is like a good book. I get to the end of it. I'm going, and give me some more, (laughs) you know? And so I want to wait and like binge four or five of them at the same time. So I have an hour's worth of viewing, you know, and then I can go watch dark and then I can go watch dynamite and be caught up and be like, okay, cool. And I mean, I know I missed some of the little, little jabs during dark and, and dynamite that happen on BTE. But, you know, I, I get the main gist of it and then, it, you know, I catch myself up and whatnot. But, you know, when, when Marty showed up a couple weeks ago, like I wanted to cry. I miss Marty so much. I miss Marty being with those guys. I love, I actually got to go um, the last time WrestleMania was in new Orleans. They had ring of honor, super card of honor and Kenny and the Bucks were going to be there. So, of course, I was going to be there. And so <laughs> I I went. I got to meet Kenny. 
Um, I met the Bucks. I got the Matt Jackson special and kept a straight face, although I had to like look right between his eyes at his nose to do it. Um, I met Hangman and we had a long talk about him and Joey Ryan's jug. Um, (laughs) Oh God, don't even get me started. (laughs) And then I also, I didn't meet Cody and I'll tell you why. I like Cody. I do. But that was that was during the point where Cody and Kenny were fighting for control of the Bullet Club. And oh, that, was, that was the night of the Kenny versus Cody match for control of the Bullet Club. And so I was mad at Cody. So I couldn't I couldn't do it that night. I was like, I'm mad at you. <laughs> it's so stupid because I know it's a character and I know he's not really like that. But I was just like, I can't. I can't meet you. <laughs> I'm too mad at you. You're fighting with my favorite. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and then um i met marty and marty was so nice we took a picture and he's like can i have a hug love and i'm like yes of course you can villain can have all the hugs and he was so and i actually i didn't get to meet kota obushi but while standing in kenny's line you know how you do that thing where you're like you're waiting for something and you're looking around the room and you just happen like somebody else is doing the same thing and you happen to lock eyes Mm-hmm. And see, okay, it was one of those things. Me and Koto Ibushi locked eyes, and he smiled and waved at me. And I was like, all of a sudden, I'm a 14-year-old giggly Japanese girl from an anime. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, I'm 36 at the time. I'm 36 years old. Get your shit together. Aww. You know? And he was adorable. And, like, I couldn't. I was going to ask Kenny if I could hug him, and, like, I just couldn't. I was I was too shy and too giggly. And so, but, yeah, um. I forgot where I was going with all that. <laughs> okay, uh, you were touching upon uh, Kenny fighting uh, Cody. Cody, and then yeah, and so with with them being in ring, I, I think that the the relationship there between Kenny and the Bucks and Cody and all of them are still good with Ring of Honor, especially since Marty is still there. I you know I I hate that Marty is not a part of AEW with everybody, but I understand it. Kind of like when Adam Cole left to go to NXT. Like, I hate that he's not there with the guys, but at the same time, that's part of his dream. You know, he understands. And I think Marty made a very good, educated, calculated decision to stay in Ring of Honor, not only because he was going to be a a talent, but because he was going to be booking. And I think that helps open inroads with there being an AEW Ring of Honor partnership. Now, from what I understand, of course, this is rumor, innuendo, gossip, conjecture, whatnot. When the Bucks left New Japan, New Japan was not happy. I don't. I think they were more upset with the Bucks than they were Kenny and Cody and whatnot. Because I think Cody was more of a loner, you know, on loan. Same thing with Hangman was kind of on loan type deal. Um, but I, I really think they were more upset with the Bucks and the way they went out than Kenny and, and everybody else. Um, so I think, and with New Japan America not kicking off as well as they had hoped it would, New Japan meaning, mm-hmm. I think there's Def- and it seems like the relationship between New Japan and Ring of Honor has really deteriorated. And I don't know if that's from Ring of Honor side. I don't know if that's from New Japan side. I don't know if it's become like 
so to speak, a casualty of war with the creation of AEW. I, I don't know what's caused that to happen. Now, does that mean they couldn't come back together and have a working relationship and have things work? I think so. Would it be possible for all three? I don't know. Because we're really not seeing a whole lot of interaction between New Japan and Ring of Honor at this point. It's almost like there's no partnership in place whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves the door open, especially with Marty being in the position that he is for AEW to walk in and be like, hey, so, you know, we're not trying to take you over, but we could help each other. But it also leaves the door open for them to walk to New Japan and do the same thing. And I think, I think anything's possible. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what's so exciting, you know, is that I don't think Tony Khan and the Bucks and Cody and Kenny, I don't, I don't see them wanting to go to the route of Vince Sr. and buy up all the territories and buy up all the independents and put them all under one flag. I, I see them more as, hey, you know what? You have some really great people and we don't want to steal them from you. But how about we do a trade off like we did in New Japan? Because Ring of Honor and New Japan have shown that it can work. It can work well and it can work profitably for both companies. So... Yeah. You know, and, and I like I said, I don't see Cody and Tony Khan wanting to just swoop in and take everything over. Not when things can work without that happening. That's ultimately what I would like to see. Now, and I still, with, with I, I know there's something to be said for they were all in Florida. You know, they were in Jacksonville for... Double or nothing, you know, um, Marty lives in Florida around Orlando or wherever he's living now, somewhere in the general vicinity. So he could have just shown up, popped in, said hi. I'm perfectly willing to believe that just to rile, rile us fans up. I'm totally willing to believe that because that seems like something that the Bucks and Marty would do just for funsies. Right. But but at the same time, you know, that whole segment was, we're missing something. We're missing something. And Marty's constantly standing there going, guys, I'm back. I'm here. I'm right here. What are you doing? I'm right. And they're just blowing him off. So I think knowing their penchant for long-term storylines, like I said, I, I don't want to buy into it. But at the same time, it would not surprise me to see something somewhere in the next six months, eight months, 12 months, come down the pipe and see, hey, we've got a working relationship with Ring of Honor. Oh, my God. I was talking to Conrad Cushman from uh, Everything Pro Wrestling about, I believe, maybe uh, two to three months ago. He was a guest on this show. And we were talking about what I was possibly Deeming in my head, uh, G1 Supercard uh, 2, which mm-hmm. now is the canceled or, excuse me, moved Wrestle Dynasty. 
Mm-hmm. I was geeking out at the possibility of the Lucha Brothers possibly fighting for the IWGP or Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Dude. So if that was to happen, you can bet your bottom dollar, madam, that I will be there somehow, somewhat. You know, I, I would totally be down to see either one because as much as I love the IWGP tag team championships, it's been the same people for so long. Like their, their tag division has gotten so stale to me. I love, I love G.O.D. I love gorillas of destiny. I love Tama. I love Tangaloa. I think they're amazing and wonderful. However, you, you gotta give them, a, a good reason to fight not fighting for the sake of fighting you know we need some fresh blood in those tag team divisions and to see god and and i don't know if and i say this because ray phoenix is so small i don't know if they would qualify <laughs> for heavyweight positions but to see lucha bros go against god Dude, that's a pay-per-view I'm buying. I shoot, I, I will buy it. I will hack it and stream it. I don't care. Like, I would watch that in a heartbeat. Oh, my God. You're kind of actually speaking to a certain uh, Puro uh, Queen uh, 12 right now. Oh, kind of, I know her well. She and I actually, we, we live maybe 30, 45 minutes from each other, and we still haven't met. <laughs> Oh, wow. And, and it's a lot of it. She's immunocompromised. I'm immunocompromised. All this crazy stuff going on in the world. It's going to happen, though. At some point, it's going to happen. Me and her are going to get together and, and watch uh, a pay-per-view. Oh, yes. And I still am owed a hug by her because G1 Supercard last year went over a certain amount of time. So if this epidemic is ever done... And she's ever healthy enough. Best believe we're going to meet again. Oh, yeah. At some point, I'd really love to get up there and, and hit a bunch of shows, see a bunch of people. I'd love to see Tiff. I'd love to see Queen. Um, my dad actually lives in Pennsylvania now, so maybe there might be a chance I could run into JPQ, you know. So. Oh, I probably would try to get out there or if. Uh, the evil empire ever returns out here and I, there's a whole bunch of shows and I, like i said y'all get some amazing stuff up there i'm like you know i love living in the south i love my heritage you know my ancestry but at the same time it's like man y'all get all the good wrestling stuff <laughs> yeah but sometimes that good wrestling stuff sometimes can be like a little bit <laughs> oh well you would know better than i Oh, yes, I do. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. If this ever happened to me, I probably would have cried. Minoru Suzuki just even getting the sniff to even hold the IWGP championship. I'd probably cry. Because I met him live. That guy, he's just awesome. I saw him. I saw him when uh, at Supercard when I was walking around uh, for meet and greets. And I was like... Murder Grandpa is frightening. He is, he is like, that's a man that I would walk up to bowing with all of the respect. Like, I I will not incur the wrath of Murder Grandpa. Murder Grandpa will kill me. And I will say thank you for the opportunity. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, 
He was basically in my rear view mirror the whole entire WrestleMania weekend last year. There was not a show that I went to where he wasn't involved in some point in time, except for, uh, let me see, Wrestling Revolvers, Pancakes, and Pile Drivers 3, which was uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott's last appearance on uh, mm -hmm. Independence at Shane Street. And, uh, I like Swerve. I haven't watched as much of Swerve as I should, but I like Swerve. I actually, um, I know everybody is kind of, uh, has seen or, or, you know, watched some of Dark Side of the Ring on Vice, but there is another show. I don't know if you can get it on demand anymore. Um, you may be able to get it through Hulu. I know you can get it through the Vice website. It's called The Wrestlers. It's a 2015-2016 documentary of wrestling from around the world. And I want to say Swerve is on an episode, uh, on an episode talking about the new wrestlers coming up uh, in... Um, in, in America, there's an episode on uh, the LGBTQ wrestlers oh. in um, in Mexico, which was also another good episode. Um, there were so many, and, and they, they went around the world talking about wrestling around the world. And there was one about the female luchadoras in, it's either Brazil or Argentina, but these women wrestle full skirts like full giant skirts and it's amazing that that whole there was a um davy havoc uh god rest his soul um uh. he was in because they touched on deathmatch wrestling at one point he was in in that episode that whole series was just it was too cool. And it really, some of it gave you a real behind the curtain. Uh, once a RSP, Ricky Shane Page was in an episode. Um, it, it was that whole series was just really, really interesting to see how wrestling has come about in other parts of the world, how it affects other parts of the world. There's a whole section of wrestling that is voodoo wrestling. Oh, it's it's cr that one was crazy but it's if you like dark side of the ring if you like that documentary feel of it definitely check out the wrestlers like i said i know you can get it on vice's website you may be able to get it on demand you may be able to get it on hulu uh, but it's it's an amazing series i highly and it's i want to say it's only eight nine maybe ten episodes there's only like one season of it maybe Maybe two, but it's it's amazing. I would recommend it to anybody. I hear you. Okay, so out of pro wrestling, we have uh, two other common loves. One of them is gaming, and you briefly touched upon that. So uh, you want to go further? On which one? Sorry. Uh, gaming. Gaming, sure. Yeah, sorry. I was trying not to cough directly into the mic. <laughs> I hear you. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I did not actually, I mean, I, I think everybody kind of played Nintendo when it came out, you know, initially Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, all that kind of stuff. But I didn't really get into gaming as hardcore as I did until um, I was dating my husband. Um, and he got me into, he was a PC gamer and had a PC. And then eventually we built me a PC as well. 
Uh, we started with Pharaoh and Cleopatra, which was the old world-building game, similar to Civilization and City Skylines and stuff like that. Um, and I would play that for hours on end. And then he got me into Diablo 2. And we were able to uh, lawn game with each other from different rooms. And we would spend hours playing Diablo 2 over and over and over and over. I mean... We had so much. I still love that game. And I like Diablo 3. It's just, I don't know, it's not quite the same. Um, and then he gave me the cheat code so that I wouldn't die, and I played through <laughs> Warcraft 3. Uh. You know, because at that point, you know, he kept talking about, you know, this was when World of Warcraft was still in development. So, you know, he was trying to tell me the story and everything, and he's like, I've got Warcraft 3 if you want to play it. I'm like, yeah, I kind of do, but I don't really get you know I, I like and appreciate those games now and I can kind of play them but at the time I wasn't really good at them and I really wanted to play more for the story than I did the actual gameplay which is why I used the cheat codes <laughs> and so um I played through Warcraft 3 and the Warcraft 3 expansions and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And there's elves and, you know, da, da 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 And so we kept following the information for World of Warcraft, waiting for it to come out. Unfortunately, it came out while he was deployed. And so, but he had a laptop over there. And so I sent him a copy. And sometimes that was the only way we could communicate is we would catch each other. We would send each other mail through the mail service. Um, in World of Warcraft, or we would happen to get on at the same time so we could try and play together despite the, you know, crappy servers or long queue times to try and get in. But that was one of, and then when he came home on his two weeks R&R, we spent a good portion of that two weeks playing World of Warcraft, playing original vanilla World of Warcraft together. And uh, one year we were able to actually go to Anaheim for the BlizzCon and talk to Chris Metzen and tell him about that. And he was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I'm like, yeah. And so we've we've played through. He still plays and he still does the high, uh, not so much hardcore, but the heroic mythic rating. Me, not so much because um, I went back to work a couple years ago and I just wasn't able to do it and keep up with my work schedule. And then the last expansion while I enjoyed it, uh, trying to get yourself geared up and properly prepared for raiding, they made it way too time-consuming. And so I've played a little bit since then, but I've kind of fallen off. Um, but I'm hoping if if things continue to look good for Shadowlands, then we're going to get the expansion and we'll probably go back to raiding. I usually don't do first-person shooters because I'm horrible at them like really horrible at them <laughs> when we were playing that was when the 360 came out and um ev everybody was playing halo that was the game right everybody's playing halo well we had a friend that lived next door to us that basically had a had this little house that was a rectangle and you could shut doors off so um to divide the house so what we would do is we would bring our TV and Xbox over and two other people would bring their TVs and Xboxes over and everybody would bring controllers and we would l do one big lawn game in the house. And so it would be, we would shut off uh, the doors to the front and the back of the house. So it'd be the front of the house versus the back of the house. 
and then we'd switch it to where it was the left side of the house versus the right side of the house. My, my problem is, is when I get nervous and have to shoot at someone, I get really anxious and I overcorrect where my aim is. And so my aim goes all over the place, which means my shots go all over the place. So I had typically two jobs because it was always capture the flag. We're always playing capture the flag. (laughs) Either I, I'm the decoy in the first push and I go as far as I can until they take me out. So I'll go and I pick up the flag and then bring it back as far as I can. Or I go, you know, and get killed first off before they can get the flag. Or there was one little spot inside the bunker that you could sit in. And, and it was in one of these weird back corners that you could see the open door across the room. And you could see someone jump from that hole that was just above the flag in the top of the ceiling. The problem was, is that you couldn't see whoever was standing in that spot if you went in the door until you went in. Nor could you angle around that hole in the ceiling and see that person in that corner until you dropped down. So, typically what I ended up doing was sitting in that corner with my sights right on the middle of the flag. So, if somebody comes in, goes after the flag... I'd pick them off. That was my job. Decoy or picking them off at the flag. That was all I was good for. Because if you try and put me in a car, you know, make me aim at somebody, you could give me an RPG and like I still couldn't take anybody out. It just, it was horrible. I was terrible. The weird thing is though, is I started playing the Mass Effect games and the Borderlands games. I'm great at those. I can take stuff out left and right. I played online Mass Effect 3. I don't know how much and was fairly decent but for halo and most other first person shooters yeah you can i tried to play call of duty wars on the other day it did not go well oh wow it took me 20 minutes to figure out how to squat how to crouch and i still had to i still had to text a friend of mine i was like i can't crouch what's the button to crouch and they're like x or square or whatever it is and i'm like Oh, <laughs> of course, it was like the one button that I wasn't hitting. Oh, <laughs> so, I'm terrible takes, at first person shooters. That kind of takes me back a bit. Oh, man, I wasn't quite so good with the mega shooters myself. Oh, man, my like forte is in gaming, I got to believe. Or more so uh, pro wrestling and actual non-wrestling fighting games. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty good in those. But once uh, WWE started changing up the uh, controlling a little bit, I yeah. couldn't keep up. <laughs> yeah. I was, um, do you remember Virtua Fighter? Oh, yes. I could kick some butt at Virtua Fighter. And early Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, I was okay in. The the later versions, like, you know, now that you've got all these weird combinations and all this stuff, like, I can't do it. I cannot do it. Although, do you like side-scroller games? Uh, I haven't touched Ish. a video game in almost a few months now and given the circumstances of where i'm living i'm not gonna start actually doing it until i know that i'm actually out of where i am for a little bit more leeway sure but i'm open to ideas 
Okay. Oh, go ahead. So are let me ask you this. Are you a PS4? If you do console, are you PS4 or Xbox? I'm more so Xbox. Okay. So we got, because uh, we have both. Um, I say we have both. My son has both. Um, he was nice enough to allow me to borrow the PlayStation for after my surgery. Um, but he has taken it back, so I can't play anymore. <laughs> but, um, we had, you know, we had Xbox Live Gold for him and they came out with the Game Pass option, which I want to say is like $14.99 or $19.99, something like that. And somehow we had ended up paying for like both Xbox Live Gold and something else that was both covered under the Game Pass. And right. I was like, oh, forget that. We're just going to, you know, we're just going to pay for the Game Pass and be done with it. The cool thing about the Game Pass is that not only can we download free copies of different games and it changes up, you know, typically every month directly to his Xbox, there are some that are available on PC that I can download and play on my PC, like Alan Wake... Um, uh, Alien Insurrection, I think is what it is. Um, a, a couple of different ones like that. Well, I found in the list the other day Ori and the Blind Forest. They've got Ori and the Blind Forest and the second one in the Ori series. And I remember seeing it on E3 and I was like, oh, this looks so cool. And it's got my name in it, you know, and which was just kind of a goof. Yeah, just a goofy, stupid thing. But it's a really, it's an amazing side-scroller. The um, the graphics are beautiful. The story is very intriguing. It's basically the story of this spirit tree. And a storm comes in and blows off one of the leaves of the spirit tree. But the leaf isn't just a leaf. It's a forest spirit named Ori. Ori is found by this being who is sympathetic to the spirit forest named Naru. And so Naru basically adopts Ori and she takes care of him or, or her, because I haven't really de determined whether or not Ori is male or female in this. Um, but it looks like a little fox creature and feeds him and everything. Well, the spirit tree tries to call Ori back and Ori doesn't recognize it. And the land falls into decay and they can't find any food anymore. And as far as I can tell, Naru dies. And so Ori is an orphan again. And like, this is all in the first five, 10 minutes of the game. And I'm like, why are you making me cry in the beginning of the game? And so I'm trying to get myself back together. So Ori has to go around and find the other forest spirits and find, um, and there's some spirits that have gone bad and there's different parts of the forest that have their main spirit that's been taken away, the water spirit and the uh, earth spirit and the wind. And it's a huge freaking map. And it's one of those, it's very much like Metroid. If you remember the old Metroid games, you go oh, through yes, it. You unlock different abilities as you go through and there's places you'll have to go back to within the map because you can't get to them because you don't have that ability yet as you gather them. And there's even a, a talent tree that you go with experience and, and build on and different things like that. And it's just, it's a beautiful game. The music is very nice and relaxing. I'm having a hell of a time with wall jumps. It's a problem. 
Like, and so, and I've been, um, I sh- I've streamed a little bit on Twitch just to, you know, in case anybody wants to, I actually streamed the other night so that Anthony from smart to death could see it. And he thought it was a really cool game. And so, um, yeah, it's just a beautiful game. I, I spent two hours playing it one night without even realizing it's just very, it's very pretty. It's kind of relaxing and it's it's really nice. It's really nice. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I haven't played the last couple days just because been too busy and whatnot. But I'm, I may play and stream a little bit uh, tonight and this coming week. Oh, man, it almost sounds like the Telltale games that I used to play. So yeah, when I finally get out of the uh, living arrangement that I actually do have. And there's a little bit more space for me to truly game in peace. I think I'll give that a try, especially because it actually has your name in it. <laughs> it is. Um, it was developed by Moon Studios and published by Microsoft Studios. So I want to say. Um, um, it's kind of, you know, it, it was kind of produced the same way Halo was and whatnot. And so, and you can get it, let's see, from what I understand, you can also get it for Switch. They added it to Switch September of last year. Oh, I'm actually thinking about actually investing in Nintendo again. I actually have not touched a Nintendo thing, like, brand new since, oh my God. Uh, Right? My daughter has a Switch, and and I've I've picked it up. I played a little bit of, uh, we got... Um, Diablo 3 on there for her and so I, I've played a little bit I tried to play Animal Crossing however um, <laughs> because my account is the only online account we can only make one town and I'm not paying for another Nintendo Switch account so I hear you <laughs> I hear you gonna do it. that's another thing that kind of kind of jerks me off about being a gamer now the fact that you gotta pay for all these cheat codes or mm-hmm. you gotta pay for downloads when basically when we were kids, all you had to do was just enter the actual freaking code or even just uh, play the game for a bit. And then as long as you were actually keeping up, you were able to save it. Yeah. Like I, I get, you know, having to pay for expansions, but my, my issue is this whole. Um, pay to win problem. I, I really don't like it. Like it's one thing if it's vanity stuff, like for, for Overwatch, I've, I've played a little bit of Overwatch uh, and enjoy it. And I'm not too, too bad at it, but you know, those loot boxes, like if it's vanity stuff, you know, skins and stuff like that, like, okay, fine. You know, I'm fine. If you, if you really want to spend your money on stuff that really doesn't affect your character one way or another, then have at it. But when you are putting a system in that you have to buy something in order for you to be able to advance in the game, like that's a problem. Like in world of Warcraft, for example, there are, and people can argue this, you know, all they want, but it's to some extent, this expansion has become a pay to win system because there are pieces that you the, the way they've set up their loot and the RNG system 
which is random number generator for those that don't know. Uh, when things drop, it's based off of a random number generation, just like if you were rolling dice to play Dungeons and Dragons. The problem is, is that some of these pieces have such a low percentage drop rate that trying to get that random number to come up to get that piece and to get it with the statistics on it that you want it, it's it's ugh, infuriating. And so in order to get the pieces that you need or to get items to create the pieces that you need, you inevitably have to spend real world money, buy yourself a wow token, which if you don't know what those are, um, it's a token that allows you to um, buy subscription time that you can sell in the virtual auction house. So for example, if you didn't want to physically pay real world money for your subscription time and you had the in-game gold to do it, you could go buy a, uh, a WoW token from the auction house that could pay for that month's game time, okay? And people will pay real world money to buy those tokens to put in the auction house so that you can buy that gold so that they can make gold off of you in the game. Make sense? Yeah, it kind of sounds like this game that my uh, second fiance Arl used to play called uh, Wizards 101 or the mm -hmm. other version of it called uh, Pirates 101. Mm -hmm. And so what people will do is they'll go and they'll buy these WoW tokens, put them in the auction house, sell them, and then take the gold that they're they're getting to be able to buy materials to create the item that they need. Or use it to, if an item is bind on a quip, that means you, you know, you can pick up the item, but it's not stuck to you. You can take it and trade it with someone, or you can take it and sell it to someone through the auction, auction house or through the personal trade chat system. And so people are, are using the gold that they get from the auction house from selling WoW tokens to buy the pieces that they need. And spending... There had to have been, I, I want to say there was someone that we knew that was in my husband's guild that probably spent, because these tokens, real world money, are 16 to $18 a pop, if I'm not mistaken, had to have spent anywhere from $120 to $180 on tokens in order to sell them in the auction house. And then get the gold that he need. And the problem with that is, is if you're buying that many tokens at a time and putting them all in the auction house, that means you're flooding the market, which means people, either you or other people are undercutting you, which means they're not worth as much as they normally would be. Oh, so man. where if there's only four or five tokens in the auction house, you might be able to get them for 20,000 gold a pop. You know, if there's 10, 12, 13, then you may can get them for 10,000 gold a pop, you know, which means you're not really getting a good deal on your investment. So you kind of have to play the odds on that one, too. And so it's a anything where you have to play. And I've been I'm not going to sit here and act like I've never played any type of mobile game that wasn't pay to win that I've never 
paid for something in a mobile game to help me advance a game. I have. I've fallen victim to it. You know, I'm not proud of myself. (laughs) But, you know, it's big games like this. Like, it's for me, it's one thing on a mobile game. It's a whole nother thing when it's a game that you've already put money into just to have to begin with. You know, and so the the game passes for all of the expansions and all this stuff. It's like, come on. Like, if you want to charge me an extra $5 for an expansion, that's fine. But you want to charge me 40 bucks on top of the 60 that I've already spent in order to have access to any possible expansions. And you might come out with two. So I'm spending 20 bucks, you know, for those expansions. Like, that's... Like, I don't, uh-uh. No. I hear you, huh? That's I can't, I can't very, do it. That's very rough. Okay. Well, that's crazy in the video game world, and I'm willing to give it a try. I'll have to listen to our episode again so I can actually take down the names, but I eventually, when I do have better living arrangement, I'm open to the idea yeah it's a it's a good one it's it's a one shot off you know one you know what there's no expansions to it um there is the one sequel but that's considered a completely different game and so (laughs) and you can probably just google ori and it'll come up i know i don't come up when (laughs) when i google ori not that i do that very often that's horrible it sounds like i vanity search myself that's horrible i don't do that i'm not jim Cornette. That was too you easy. You're not looking at me right now because I actually am throwing my hat on the floor. I was just laughing. That was great. Okay. Like Chris Jericho, I saw the opportunity and I took it. And what can I oh, say? That was awesome. Oh my God. Thank you very much. You are welcome. All right. So before we move into uh, podcasting next, mm-hmm. has there been any other systems that you actually played? Um, GameCube. I, so this will kind of go. So when I was in college, I took two years off after high school uh, and then decided to go to college um, where I met my husband. And, um, I, my parents had, my little brother had a GameCube and we had rented this game from Blockbuster, which tells you probably how old I am. Um, Before you continue, don't feel bad. I actually know what Blockbuster is. There so we we're go. the same age group, kids. Do not actually come looking for Ori because you'll actually have a problem with me. Oh, Lord. So we had we had gone to Blockbuster and rented a couple games, and one of them was called Blood Omens 2. And it looked oh. cool. There were vampires. I was like, this is... So I ended up... Um, my little, my stepbrother, you know, he would stay with us uh, on the weekends and then go stay with his mom during the week. He was back and forth. Um, and so when he wasn't home, I would get on, I kept renting this game and trying to play through it. Well, my mom and my stepdad saw how much I enjoyed it and actually bought me the game and a GameCube for Christmas. So I took it back to um, Lafayette where I was living and going to school and playing it in my dorm. And I kept getting to this one this one spot over and over and I couldn't figure out like I had restarted the game twice thinking I had missed something trying to figure out how to get past 
this one room. And so I couldn't figure it out. Well, one night, um, it was around Valentine's Day. Um, I had a bunch of friends that were supposed to meet me out to go out to the clubs and it didn't happen. And I um, imbibed a little too much, and like you do, and ran into uh, the man who is now my husband. And we had met before. We'd met a couple times, but I, had run, I ran into him in the club and I mentioned something about somehow we got on the topic of video games. I'm like, yeah, I'm playing this one right now that I just cannot get past and it's driving me crazy. And he's like, what are you playing? And I said, Blood Omen 2. And he was like, you play that? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, where are you? And so I explained to him where I was in the game. And he's like, oh, yeah, you got to move the statue. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, you just move the statue to the side. It puts a hole in the wall and you can get him out of the, the, the jail area. I'm like, son of a biscuit. And so... I ended up imbibing way too much and he had to bring me home, uh, bring me back to the dorm that night. And I went back into my dorm room, turned it on, moved the dang thing, played for another five minutes and then turned it off and passed out. But that was the beginning of our relationship was bonding over Blood Omen 2. And apparently he had played all of the, the Legacy of Cain series. We actually have... Oh. Um, a Kane action figure. We also have Raziel from, um, oh no, Soul Cal Soul Reaver from the Soul Reaver series. We have one of each of those. Mm -hmm. um, and we ended up playing through those games. We, so we played through, uh, let's see, GameCube, PS2, PS3. Um, all of, We've had all of the Xbox systems. Um but I find more so, especially in the last 10 years or so, I'm definitely more of a PC gamer. Um, I did play, this will also tell you how old I am. I remember being a kid, I had this sweet lady in the neighborhood that used to babysit me after school, and she had an Atari. And I would play Atari and play Pong and stuff like that. I, I barely remember that, but I do remember playing Atari as a kid. I'm trying to think what else. We're we're a huge nerd house. The 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 husband has his own PC. I have mine. Uh, the daughter has a 360 and a Switch. Um, the son, of course, has the Xbox and the PlayStation. And then we also have an Oculus Rift um, that my dad was nice enough to get for us one year for Christmas. And um, We've got one of the one-up arcade cabinets. We've got the one that has Rampage and Gauntlet. And I can't remember the other two games that are on it. And my husband is dying to get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one-up arcade cabinet. And it may happen. It'll happen oh, eventually. Wow. You're speaking to pre-teenage, to actual teenage me right now. It'll happen eventually. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. I'm debating on getting it for him for Father's Day, but I'm not sure yet. Because if I do it, then I have to find a way because there's no way I can pick up that heavy box. Somebody's got to load it in my car. Second of all, it's got to be a complete freaking surprise. And so I've got to hide it somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, it cannot come back to my house because he will root it out completely. Oh. So it 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 may happen in the next couple of weeks. So 
He's already got a spot posted on that. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Because you're speaking to my uh, pre-teenage to early 20s heart right there. (laughs) With all those uh, systems and Rampage and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, uh, you're speaking to my spirit right now. All right. So, another thing that brought us together is our love of uh, podcasting. Mm Mm-hmm. You touched upon earlier in the intro how uh, Anthony, our dear friends uh, Anthony from Smart to Death and Warren Hayes are kind of your go-to listens. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they influence your actual channel when it was going? Um, to an extent, um, I kind of. You know, because Warren and Anthony very and, and Queen and a lot of the others, they, they typically, you know, kind of bounce around on anything and everything that's kind of going on in the wrestling world. And I felt like when I was doing Oriole in Progress, that there was, you know, a lot of people in the UK know about Progress and OTT and Riptide. But over here in the United States, you know, a lot of the, the wrestlers that we're seeing in NXT UK and even Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc... Uh, came from pro- over in AEW, they came from Progress. And um, I got hooked into Progress because a friend of mine got me hooked into Jimmy Havoc. And so <laughs> I started going through, you know, I started at, at chapter one and started working my way through the history of Progress. And it was just a really fun, really interesting, really different approach to independent wrestling and i really enjoyed it and i felt like that more people in the united states should know about it um and that was kind of the hard it it was kind of a good and bad because i had a very uh niche show and niche audience but at the same time like if you weren't really interested in progress there was no other reason for you to listen to my show and so it, it made things that that's one of the reasons why I had initially wanted to rebrand the show and and move it into more of, you know, not just progress wrestling, but the progress of wrestling as a whole in the world today. Um, and then life happened um, and. I wasn't able to do that in in the way that I wanted to. Um, I had surgery and then I had a health scare afterwards, uh, of which I'm okay now. Um, I just had a follow-up appointment yesterday and things are good. But, you know, and I'm not saying I would never do another podcast. Um, I like podcasting. I like talking to people. I like uh, talking about things that, that I enjoy. I just don't feel like I do it well on my own. You know, I enjoy having someone there to bounce off of and to to talk off of and to give me that, you know, I need that color commentator, you know, there with me. I need somebody to, to well, wait a minute. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I need to have that that opposing opinion. And so or that that other train of thought. And so, you know, I'm not saying I'd never do another podcast. Um, I had some I had an idea that uh, Mags and I had talked about. Uh, a long time ago, um, and I may revisit that, you know, I may uh, re- relaunch, rebrand, recycle, re-something else, I don't know, I'm running, out, I'm running out of re-words here that would fit, and uh, reinvent. reinvent, there we go, that's a good one, reinvent, and and maybe 
give that a second look and see if maybe that that's a better a better option for because I feel like you know there's a lot of people out there who are talking about everything in pro wrestling right now you know or they're just talking about WWE or NWA or WWE or New Japan or 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 or, or. and so I feel like trying to cover not that what I have to say is any less important than any than what anyone else is saying I just don't I don't want to be saying the same thing that everybody else is already saying in a different way, you know? And I feel like sometimes there are others who can say it much better than I can, you know? And so I I don't want to, I don't want to regurgitate the same information and the same opinions and the same thought processes. Not that, you know, I agree with anything and everything that JPQ or Queen or Anthony or Warren or whoever else says. Obviously not. That would make everything all very dull and boring. Um, But I I don't know. To to do a full podcast about wrestling as a whole, um, not that I wouldn't go on someone else's show and talk about it. Absolutely would. You know, I'm perfectly willing to give my opinion. But having another full show of just that, um, when for lack of better phrasing, the market is already so oversaturated with it. It just seems, it just seems too much. Well, you know, we're already asking a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people to listen to a lot of information already. You know, I'd like to do, I'd like to do something different, you know, give people a a different reason uh, to listen aside from just rant, you know, here's the wrestling news and here's what we think about it. So there's a lot of that already. Let's let's do some. You know, I want to do something different. I want to give somebody a different reason to to listen. I hear you. I actually started off this podcast actually doing New Japan, and that's what got me most of my hits. But then I started to transition to Ring of Honor. Uh, believe it or not, I actually was into British pro wrestling. I actually was more so of a rough pro fan than a progress fan. I actually knew of progress but i more so learned of their system or ways by way of your show oh okay cool cool yeah so yeah. so i was a listener avid listener oh yeah that that insane first and second show with my girl emily holy moly that was i still think back to that show that was just a fun show and especially from a standpoint of Emily not being a wrestling fan at all. Um, she still hasn't come over to watch any more wrestling with me and to watch any AEW with me. So I'm a little, of course, pandemic. But still, you know, uh, I'll I'll get her. I'll get her soon. It'll happen. It'll happen. Oh, I will be looking forward to that. And speaking of being on this podcast, I tried to hold on to doing the pro wrestling bit for a while, but then. So much came along, and I touched upon mm-hmm. this with uh, Conrad and everybody else, even Max. Like, there was so much. You had the NWA that just restarted. Uh, MLW, 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 I actually said it right, that restarted. Uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, uh, Noah, so much that... I became burnt out. I could not keep up with it all. Yeah. Oh, 
it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And that's that's another reason, you know, there's a lot of people who are um, who are covering a lot of it. And there's a lot of people who are covering, uh, again, like I was, niche points of it, like New Japan or stardom or what have you. And so, um, you know, I feel like those that want to cover that, you know, let's, I'm going to let them cover that. Now, if somebody's going to ask me my opinion on it, then yeah, sure. Well, we can totally have a conversation, you know, (laughs) as long as I know what I'm talking about, which may or may not be a thing, (laughs) but you know, like, you know, there's, there's so many out there. There's so much to cover. It's, it's hard. That was another reason why rebranding Orion progress didn't work out aside from my health was because I was trying to keep up with new Japan, AEW, some of WWE ring of honor and, 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 and you ultimately burn yourself out, which is why you see people like Anthony who aren't really like, he'll touch on the news stuff that comes out that he sees on social media as far as WWE. But aside from that, he really doesn't watch it. He doesn't keep up with it. And I respect that, you know, same thing. I mean, granted ring of honor, I don't believe is really running shows right now, but you know, impact. That's a whole nother one that I completely forgot about, you know, trying to keep up with everything, you know, what happened here and watch all of it. It's just too much it's so too much even when i was just doing progress it was a lot you know and they only ran like once a month and so it's it's which yet another reason why i want to do something wrestling related but not about what's going on specifically in current television Mm. you know so that sounds interesting from what it sounds like to me, you want to do something that's kind of uh, current, but in a sense, uh, you're kind of channeling one Mr. Rasslin Ranton, who actually does uh, these retrospectives. Um, in a way. In a way. So say that your, your content is retrospectives to some degree or another. What top promotion would you say is going to be that niche for you? Is it going to be progress again or what? Um, I don't think I'm going to relegate it to just one, just one, you know, I think um, the, the way that, and before I say this, I'm going to go look at something real quick before I step my foot in my mouth. (laughs) That's Let's the, see. We, this is the raw and uncut uh, multi-dimensional realm. So do whatever you need to. Alright, let's see. So The, the idea that Mags and I had had bounced around um, was 
to an extent, a retrospective, not so much from a promotion point of view, but a personal point of view. Um, and so to, to, to relegate it to one promotion, I think would be a disservice to all promotions. So it's, it's going to be, uh, I don't want to say it's going to be because I'm still not a hundred percent sure that I'm going to do it. <laughs> Cause I feel like, I feel like if I say it's going to be, or basically the idea was, um, kind of a best match ever type situation. Um, and so I would have different guests come on and we would talk about the best match they've ever seen and why, you know, and you can break it down even further into women's matches, hardcore matches, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So kind of sim similar in vein of Badlands to some extent. Oh, so your premise is kind of like Badlands, except that it's more so the best matches ever, but it's almost the greatest match that a person ever seen in their entire go around as a fan. Exactly. And we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't do it in such a way that we're keeping track of an overall best match ever or, you know, what have you. And it, it there wouldn't be a top five or anything. It would just be one general match. You know, tell me about the best match you ever saw themed such and such or what have you. And, and I ran it by Mags first because I felt like it was so similar to Badlands. I'm not the type of person to step on anybody's toes or try and steal anyone's ideas. And so I, I definitely, you know, while I, I love Badlands, I love that show. I love those mm -hmm. people on that show. I love the idea, you know, I didn't want, I felt like if I was going, if I were to do this at any point, I didn't want to say anything to anyone without talking to Mags first, because I felt like that would be disrespectful, you know? And so he and I had a long chat about it. He was super supportive and he thought it was a really good idea. And it's, I mean, sadly, it's something I've been sitting on since September, you know, but you know, it's still, or heck, even the end of July, you know, um, that he was super positive about and super supportive about and, I think there still needs to be a little bit more because um, he gave me some good ideas on how to kind of pare it down because I want to keep it kind of short. I want to keep it at maybe a, a quick 30 minute podcast, something you can throw on, listen to on the way to work or during your lunch break. I don't want it to be an hour, two hour podcast on, you know, on purpose. You know, <laughs> it's one thing if it happens that way. It's another thing to do, you know, to do that on purpose. And so, um yeah, like he was, like I said, he was super supportive. He liked the idea. He gave me some really good feedback and some some ideas on how to keep it at maybe 30. And like I said, it may still happen. They're, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say, yes, it's happening. It's coming because for one, I have nothing planned. I have no guests. I have no themes. I have, <laughs> I have no title, you know, but it's something the the more that I've sat on it and thought about it and wanted to get back into podcasting, the more I kind of go, Hey, that was kind of a good idea. You know, maybe, maybe we should work on trying to 
get, you know, maybe I should work on trying to get that going. And so I don't know what the name would be. I don't know when or if it'll, it'll win or if it will get on the ground, but you know, it's possible. It's definitely possible. I hear you. And I, ladies and gentlemen, I've spoken to Ori almost the past month now. And if she truly does go through with this idea, which I didn't really know of, no, you didn't. And I was trying to not say anything. And then I was like, it's kind of hard not to say anything and then tell you, but not tell you. I'm like, fine, I'll just. <laughs> that, was, that was cool. That, that's a great surprise. It was almost kind of like uh, Conrad trying to keep uh, the Brain Buster reunions uh, a secret from me. And when I finally found out, I was very, very happy. So, Oh, the good um, old days. I actually am happy. And I will throw it out there for my listeners that if she truly does it, I've offered my services to be a part of it. And I appreciate that. There's there's quite a few of you guys that I'd like to get on. I'd like to get Warren and and Mags and Anthony and Queen Tiff from No Holds Bar and the All Elite oh, Podcast. <laughs> huh? Oh, giggles. Oh, yeah, the EVP of giggles. You got to have the EVP of giggles. Um, and, and I'd love to have her because she can bring a great uh, uh, indie indie scene standpoint to it. And so she, she might be my, 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 my indie episode. And so, you know, d- you know different people like that. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Tiffany, uh, All Elite Tiffany, I'd lo- I'm sure it'd be a Cody match. Matter of fact, she would be the best person to ask for a Cody match. Um, I'd love to get her on. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of people that I, I feel like I have a an amazing, wonderful, supportive pool of people that I can pull from to do this, which helps a lot. Um, but it's just getting getting all of the pieces in place to do it and to do it properly. And so, because I don't want to. For lack of better phrasing, I don't want to half-ass it. So, mm. well, if you ever get me on, I'm trying to come up with an idea of like what was my favorite match of all time. Oh man! No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I like I'm to be not surprised. You a hit. No, it, if it truly goes down, meaning your show, I will have it ready. I just need to know what actual topic. Gotcha. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna come up with a few. Yeah, um, I'm 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 gonna come up with a few. And and you know I'm I want to play to everybody's strengths. For example, All Elite Tiffany, she loves Cody. She's a huge proponent of AEW. More than likely, I'm gonna ask her about her favorite Cody match. Same thing with Tiffany. You know, her thing is is indie wrestling. What's your you know the best in, indie match that you've ever seen? Oh, um, well, Tiffany is more so a game changer wrestling or a ICW queen. That's right. And so I could pull from either one of those or both. You know, there's there's a lot of, you know, people. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, JPQ, you know, what's the best stardom match that you've ever seen? You know, hashtag watch stardom. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know so, so forth and so So I want to play to, you know, I'm not just calling in favors and bringing people on just because, Hey, I know you, you're a big name. I can put you on the show. I want 
to showcase these people and I want to showcase what they love and why they love it, you know? And so in, in all of it is in an effort to bring more eyes, you know, just like Kenny's trying to bring more eyes to international wrestling as a whole and international wrestling styles. It's kind of the same thing. Like I want to bring more eyes, not only to international wrestling, but independent wrestling, you know, the, the, I want to know why you like what you like. What what about it makes it so good? And I know people's favorites change all the time. And that's kind of the fun of it is we can go back and say, hey, so I had you on the show then and we were talking about this. Is this still your favorite match? And then go into something else. And so, you know, because some days my favorite wrestler is Jimmy and some days my favorite wrestler is Kenny. And so <laughs> some days I'm just like, screw everybody. I want to go drink a beer with Session Moth Martina. Like, you know, that's just how things happen. Lately, it's drink a beer with Martina, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, as we are recording this crazy, crazy show right now, I'm looking at Harry's picture. It is a session Martina. It was, and let me tell you something. That drink was full when I started Martina's meet and greet line. And the night before was the wedding and the reception for my best friend. And I was out drinking some of those Brits and there was tequila involved. So when I got that beer, it wasn't I'm getting drunk again. It was I was renewing my drunk from the night before. I literally got her to sign a session goth 8 by 10 a photo, and took a picture and then almost walked away without my picture. Oh man. I would love to be kidding. It like I was like, oh yeah. And then went to go look for Jimmy and like ended up talking to a bunch of people and like it it was such a fun night. My phone died like right after I took a picture with Paul Robinson, cut his head off in the picture and didn't realize it till later. Like it was it was a it was a crazy night. But like in I lost my sunglasses. Oh, man. Lost my favorite pair of sunglasses in Alexandra Palace. Pretty sure they're <laughs> still there. Oh, man. It was great. I wouldn't change it for anything. It was awesome. Got to see Jordan Devlin live. Jordan Devlin live is amazing. David Starr live is amazing. Oh, man. I called uh, David Starr, and I believe my uh, ex-fiance Earl can uh, testify to this. And He's proud of this, too, I gotta believe. I called him uh, Rustlin's most evil Jew. He's, oh, man, he's so good on both sides of the coin. Like, he's so good, bad, but he's so good, good. And, like, he's just, he's fun all around. I really, I really enjoyed David Starr. I watched some of his stuff at OTT with Devlin, and it was, it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, David Starr is not quite so bad. I saw him, like, a few times during WrestleMania weekend last year. And to say that he's not one of the most over acts that's never been signed to WWE, Impact, uh, Ring of Honor, or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely blowing my mind. It's yeah. It's almost like him and uh, Eddie Kingston from uh, Triple... Oh, no, okay, not Triple... A-A-W. Mm-hmm. When they were together, oh my god, they were so golden. It's crazy. 
Okay, so I think you've actually already touched upon motherhood and marriage, so we don't really have to go that far. <laughs> uh, outside of wrestling and gaming, mm-hmm. what else do you like to do? Um, I have been doing, I like to start these craft projects, um, and I have a bad habit of never finishing them. Um, I've tried to learn to crochet. It did not go well and I gave up. Um, I can knit a little bit, but not very well. I do it more for, I have, um, fibromyalgia and psoriatic arthritis and some of that is in my hands and fingers. Um, and it's one of those catch 22 situations where if you move, uh, it hurts, but, um, if you, well, if you move it, um, it actually helps things, but moving also hurts. So it's, it's kind of, it's difficult. Um, so trying to do that, um, that work with the knitting needles and the yarn and stuff, it actually kind of helps my arthritis a little bit. And it's something that if I can get going good enough, I can do it without thinking and without looking and just now I can't do any of the fancy stitches and pearl and any of that. Like it's just straight knit. It's one type of thing over and over. And typically I end up with a scarf, you know, or a pot holder or something like that. And so I can't make anything fancy, but it's something that gives my hands something to do to, to help work the soreness out and keep them from freezing up too much. Um, and the other thing, um, that I've started doing lately that I really enjoy is something called diamond painting. And you might've seen ads for it, like on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And it's, it's kind of, um, paint by number meets a puzzle. Um, and so you get this big canvas sheet with a picture printed on it, but it's very pixelated and there's little boxes that have codes in them. The codes correspond to a code that is printed on the canvas And then you get these little bitty plastic diamonds and each diamond color corresponds to one of the codes. And so you take this little, it looks like a pin with a hollow tip that you dip in wax. The wax actually helps you pick up the curved side of the diamond so that you can put the flat side on the canvas um, because on top of the picture on and then on top of where it's printed and everything there's a really strong adhesive and so it's almost like a Monet painting where you're really up close and you're putting all these diamonds in and you can't see it but once you get them all in and back up it makes this really pretty kind of shiny diamond picture and so I did one a couple years ago uh, just before Christmas and really enjoyed it, was able to knock it out in a couple days. And then I ordered one for my mom that's a big, huge peacock that would match the colors in her house. And I got it for her for her Christmas birthday because her birthday is on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. And it was much larger than I anticipated. So I'm still working on it and haven't gotten it done And then I ordered another one, or I've actually ordered four, but I'm still waiting on three to come in. (laughs) But I ordered one that was like one of those pictures where they're separated. It's like five different pictures, and the big one's the largest. And then the two in the middle are smaller, and the two outside are even smaller. And if you shoved them all together, it would make one big picture. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like five pictures in one, and so type deal. And so I've gotten the first panel on all of that completed. I'm a, almost halfway through the second panel. Um, and my daughter, uh, like I said earlier, she's got ADHD. And so there's a lot of attention issues. She's actually sat down and started helping me with some of it. 
And so, which is really good for her to get her to sit there for 20, 30 minutes to put these little diamonds on and work on her fine motor skills and, and focusing and stuff like that. It's a, I actually talked to her therapist. It's actually really good for her. So, um, and she'll, you know, me and her will both, she'll throw on her music on YouTube and I'll throw on my music on Spotify and we'll just zone out and plop diamonds in spots, you know, for, there was one day, I think I did like seven, eight hours and just sat at the kitchen table, just sticking diamonds on the canvas. And oh. so it's, it's a little, you know, it's, it's just, you just zone out and you don't think about it and you just kind of match the colors up with the code and go at it and so and they come out really pretty oh that's so great i cannot stitch anything for my life (laughs) i'll i'll send you a picture of uh i've got a picture of or i don't have a picture but i have the the first one that i completed um and i'll throw it up uh I'll, i'll send you a picture of it either on twitter or whatnot yeah, so you, you can, can kind of see what I'm talking about. I can imagine it in my mind, and I was saying to myself, God bless her. She can stitch. I can't stitch anything. Well, this one isn't stitching. It's just, it's literally just sticking, you know, because you've got the adhesive on the canvas, and it's just matching up the diamonds with the, the correct color diamonds with the correct color code on the canvas, on, and then sticking it to the adhesive on top. And hmm. so, you know, it's, it's, Unless you put the wrong color in the wrong spot, which I've, I've had happen. I've thought I was on one code and stuck diamonds on the wrong code. And then I've had to go back and pull them up. And, and so it's, it's, it's very time consuming. I'll tell you that because these things are itty bitty. I hear you. All right. I believe we touched upon your health. So no need to go that far. Oh, the only things left now. I believe we only have like two or three things left. All right. So, my dear, what can I do for you going forward in the future? You know, with me not having an active podcast right now, um, I think you do plenty. You're a great friend. You're always willing to listen. You're always willing to to bounce ideas off of. And I think, you know, the world definitely needs more of that right now is people and friends who will listen and who will. And, and I'll say this for me as um, a white person, because I am a white person. We need <laughs> to, <laughs> I am very pale and pasty. Um, Thank you. We we need to be able to to listen better, you know, whether we agree, whether we disagree, you know, when someone's trying to say, hey, you know, while I get your intentions, you this isn't right. You know, we I'm very much the type of person uh, I like knowing why. Not only do I like reading books and finding out what happens next, I like to know why something happens. I like to know, well, why does this work? the way it works, you know, why, why, you know, whatever. And so if, if I do something wrong, I want somebody to tell me, you know, I want somebody to tell me, Hey, this isn't right. Or you shouldn't have done this or said this, or I didn't like that you liked this on or retweeted this on social media, you know, okay, cool. 
tell me why. Not because I'm trying to be belligerent or start an argument, but I want to know from your point of view, you know, why, why was this wrong to you? You know, because I'm, I'm totally, I'm a very pacifist type of person. I don't want to argue. I don't want to get in fights and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong so that I have the opportunity to get it right next time. You know what I'm saying? And not do it again. And I think having friends that are willing to talk to you, willing to tell you that you are wrong in kindness and in love and support you, you know, support you when you need it and call you out when you need it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think the world could definitely use a whole lot more of that, especially right now, whether it's race related or pandemic related, uh, you know, I've had, you know, with the, the health scare that I had after my surgery, um, all of that happened right at the beginning of lockdown or quarantine. And I literally had to unfriend someone that I've known for 20 years, basically, because they felt like it was a hoax. I, I had him literally tag myself and my husband on Facebook telling us to wake up and calling us sheep, which offended me thoroughly. And this was after trying to have calm, educated conversations on, look, you want to believe that it's a hoax. That's fine. But I don't have that luxury. You know, my immune system literally just tried to attack my own body and kill me. I was in the hospital for five days and had to get two units of blood. I'm on steroids and have been on, at this point right now, two months and will be for another two weeks trying to keep my body from attacking itself. I don't have the luxury of pretending that that's even a possibility. And so, you know... When you have somebody that's saying it's not real, you should ignore all the warnings anyway and put your health at risk after you've just spent five days in the hospital. You know, it was very disheartening. You know, we have to be willing to see each other's point of views no matter, you know, and even if we agree to disagree, you know, we have to be willing to listen to another person with an open mind and an open heart to see where they're coming from, you know? And, and I think, I think the community that, that we've cultivated on Twitter, I mean, and there's always a couple that are the exception to the, to the rule, but I think the majority of the community that we've cultivated on Twitter is very good with that. We don't, if we disagree, we don't attack each other. We'll talk to each other. You know, or we'll say, hey, I'm a little heated about this. Like, I'll, I'm willing to talk about it, but I can't do it right now. You know, which I think is always uh, a valid expression to anyone. You know, as long as you're willing to come back and talk, you know, and you're not shutting them down and that's the end of it, then then that's being a good friend. And so I think we have a good community of friends who are willing to listen to each other and talk to each other. And agree to respectfully agree to disagree when we can't see eye to eye on, well, I think so-and-so should have been pushed for the belt or, or, you know, whatever it is. And so, um, 
And I, I, you know, I just personally would like to see more of that in the world. And I think you're one of those good people that, that, that do that. And you support those around you with kindness and an open heart and an open mind. And, you know, if we get the podcast up and running, hey, you know, of course, I'm sure there's something somewhere that, that, you know, aside from you coming on the show that you could help me out and support me with, I might, you know, pick your brain for, for show name ideas or something or run some by you. But, you know, aside from that, you know, just keep being you, man. Keep putting out awesome content and keep being a good friend. Okay. I do have an actual name for your show, possibly. But we'll talk about it more so off air. All right. All right. Uh, Before I ask two more questions. I'm starting to believe myself a little bit more as I'm doing this podcasting thing. And I have monetized it to some degrees or another. And I believe I'm cracking the $2 seal soon. Mm -hmm. But do you believe that I can actually help other people by way of continuing this podcast and growing my overall brand? I think so, because I think um, while a lot of our podcasters, um, you know, they'll drop tidbits here and there about their personal lives here, you know, oh, I'm married, oh, I have kids, oh, I have a dog, whatever. I think it's cool to kind of get to know the person behind the podcast. Um, And I don't think we do that um, very often. I don't think podcasters... um, I mean, in some may in the very beginning when they're trying to search for content, you know, do an episode on, hey, here's more about me. Uh, But I think the longer things go on, you know, and as they gain new, newer and avid listeners, especially in wrestling, um, when you have content that's being constantly dropped that you have to keep up with, you get newer listeners that are wanting to keep up with that content and a lot of times not go back and listen to older content. So they may not hear that. Hey, here's some more about me. So I think, um, having these kind of behind the scenes chat, this is who I am. You know, this is what I like, what I don't like, you know, what have you. I think it's kind of cool to, to give other listeners an opportunity to get to know who some of their favorite podcasters are. Sounds great to me. Okay, Ori, before we get to your hopes for the future, one more thing is left. Do you have any advice for my listeners? Who? I think I said a lot of it during the... (laughs) When I got on my soapbox and partial political rant for a second. Um, Be kinder to each other. You know, approach anything and everything with with an open heart and an, and an open mind as much as you can and with love um gosh i think that's don't good yeah and and <laughs> it, when it comes to to wrestling specifically like don't get too caught up in it because a lot of people get very caught up and they they become those rabid fans. Make sure that you realize that in a lot of cases, especially on especially on television and in some cases on social media, before you retweet that tweet from that superstar or AEW star or whatever, 
really look at it, go through it with a fine tooth comb. Is this coming from so-and-so the wrestler, the character, or is this coming from so-and-so the person and how they really feel? You know, try and, you know, don't be so quick as we would say here in the South, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, now don't get me wrong. There are times when you definitely need to throw it all out. Throw the whole man out and start over. But, you know, and I just realized how thick my Southern accent got got right there. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, but, you know, there are times when, and I'm not going to say names and point fingers because I don't want to even give them the... Uh, the the Bounce time back. of day yeah uh, but there there are some times where definitely when people say and do things that that is who they are and you should 100 percent believe it and that's just what it is but you know be careful you know what you decide you want to to believe you know and what you want to stand behind and and you know keep keep in mind whether they have creative writers and are scripted heavily or they're not, at the end of the day, it's still TV. They're putting on a show and they're doing it so that we watch. Good, bad, otherwise. They are doing it so that we watch. I used to work, one of my first jobs after I graduated high school was a hostess at Cracker Barrel Old Country Store. And back in those days, Cracker Barrel had no television or radio ads whatsoever. They only did ads via billboard and word of mouth. And they were very particular about customer service because a good word of mouth will travel to maybe three to five people. Bad word of mouth, you're going to tell everybody you know. Mm. Bad word of mouth travels faster than anything ever. So... Keep that in mind when you're looking at so-and-so did something bad, said something bad. So how much of that do you really want to play into? How much of that is for show? How much of that do you need to be serious about? And how much do you need to take it as a grain of salt? Because they're doing that on purpose to get under your skin so that you'll be talking about them. Because once again, bad attention is better than no attention at all. Yep, and WWE, more so Vince McMahon, and I'm talking to some of my hip-hop heads, and I think uh, Conrad Cushman can actually testify to this. Uh, one of our favorite uh, rappers, I gotta believe, is uh, Eric Eazy-E, right, of the uh, rap group called NWA, and his yep. moniker was that all, pro uh, all publicity is good publicity, and I think Vince McMahon especially has adopted that. So... What Ori is talking about, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's kind of true. So watch yourselves. <laughs> don't yeah, don't get too caught up in it because that's what they want. Ultimately, I mean, why have and and this is going to be a quick blip, and then I'm not going to say anything else about it. Why else has Nia Jax not been fired or put on suspension after uh, EO got hurt? Was it EO or was it, was it Kyrie? Shit. I don't know. You know, it's, way, it's been a uh, it's been a recent it's been a recent one. They got thrown into the steps. And see, I don't watch, so I want to see. Yeah, Kyrie Sane. Oh, poor Kyrie! Come on. Matter of fact, time again. I've always 
said, come on. I like, I like Nia Jax as a person. I really do. I don't think she's doing these things intentionally, but she has a history of injuring other ladies and it's a problem. And it's a problem that WWE is refusing to address. And that, that, that's a problem to me. You know, you can't, you can't consistently let these, this woman, I don't care who her family is, can't let her keep going in here and hurting, hurting people. It's a problem. So anyway, anyway, that's all I'm going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I really hope that you actually do your show. It's going to be absolutely fun being on cam with you. I, it's the, the more that we've talked about it, the more I'm like, this was a good idea. We may actually need to do this, but you know, it's <laughs> if, let's see, today is June 6th. If I do it, it's going to be a couple of weeks in, in the making because I want to set some stuff up and whatnot. Well, you take your time with it and I will stay posted with you about it. Cause I think I have a few ideas by uh, what I could talk about and your show's name and how I can possibly help you another way. That would be awesome. All right, sweetheart. The only thing left now is your hopes for the future before we start wrapping this bad boy up. You know, really and truly, I, I just want everybody to be happy and safe and healthy. You know, I want the world to get back to some kind of semblance of normality that we have and I know it's never going to be like it was before Um, and I think in some ways that's going to be an absolutely good thing Um, but um, you know I I just you know I want it's a very pageant answer I want world peace (laughs) (laughs) but I kind of do you know I want every you know I want everybody to be safe and healthy and happy and successful and you know anything that I can do to to help that you know I'm willing to do you know whether it's promotion or coming on a show or whatever else um that's that's just it's kind of how and I want to go to I want to go to uh the Wizarding World of Harry Potter I want that too because I still haven't been I've been to Disney twice I have not been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and I want to go so there's that (laughs) I hear you (laughs) I hear you completely. Oh man, I'm there's so much I want to do. Oh yeah, so much. If this epidemic never happened, oh man. If this epidemic never happened, um, then at the end of July, my family and I would have been headed to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, to go see my dad, and we would have hit Hershey Park. Um, we would have hit Gettysburg again. I think I was going to attempt to try and. see about doing a local show somewhere up there um maybe with tiff and jpq and whoever else you know try and hit you know one of those shows that we never get down here one of those wonderful things so that that was kind of our plans for the summer but to be honest with you with um with everything my husband and i were laughing at it one day because with his ptsd we don't go out very much anyway and so he was like this is and he's he's um he's disabled completely and so he's like it's kind of like the world hadn't really changed for us has it and i'm like no not really we don't go anywhere we don't do anything 
the kids are home often now, you know, more often now, but aside from that, you know, and so, but it's, it's starting to get to us a little bit. We were talking about it today. We're, we're going to try and see if we can find somewhere local and maybe, maybe go to St. Francisville where all the plantations are and stay the night somewhere and have a little mini vacation for him and I, I'd love to go to the beach. He's not a big beach dude. He's, he likes (laughs) the mountains. So, you know, I don't know. We're, we're, we're kicking around some ideas. We, he, he and I never had a honeymoon. So we're trying to get at least some type of mini vacation for the two of us at some point. So. Well, I hope that does go through. All right. So the only thing left now is the outro. And usually I would start by saying my outro, but this is roaming around. Thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate your help. You're very welcome. With that said, how can my listeners reach you if they would like to actually contribute in any type of way to you and your possible brand? So uh, as of right now, I have just the one Twitter account, uh, Oriona, O-R-I-O-N-A-7-5. Like I said, I'm trying to uh, stream on Twitch a little bit more often. I wanted to get the same handle. However, someone has it and they're not using it and I don't know how to get it. So as of right now, if you want to come see me on Twitch, it's uh, Oriona7. So basically the same thing without the five. Maybe one day I'll be able to reclamate uh, reclaim that that handle for my own. I keep trying to search it to see if maybe I can find it somewhere, but no, no, nobody nobody appears to have it. So I'm, but I it won't let me have it either. So it's a little aggravating. Oh, man. that is absolutely great, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you truly have a Twitter account. This is one of the sweethearts in our general community. So please, please support it. Well, you already know who I am, so no need for me to actually repeat my name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook under the name of Black Lion. And let me spell that out for you again. If you are listening for the first time, it is capital B, capital L, capital K. Lion 130 altogether. If you do not have Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, which also I'm on as Black Lion 130, you can find me at Z-A-C-S-H-I-130 at gmail.com. I will respond to you if you actually do email me. Please continue supporting me and my brand because within the next 10 days, season two of this will actually almost come together. And there's plenty of guests who... God bless their souls. They are willing to come on. And it's almost like a big oven of just warmth and love that I am very, very hyped to share. I already touched upon Good Guy Dave, who's truly one of the biggest sweethearts in 
our little, not hodgepodge. I'm, I use hodgepodge as a means of describing the times we're in. Um, one of the biggest sweethearts there is, and I always wanted him on my show. And I thank him again for giving me the time to even answer questions that I wanted him to be on for. Also, I believe I can run the schedule down a little bit. For the next few appearances on Roaming Around Black Lions Domain, as of tomorrow, we have uh, Lauren LaGrasso, who is the host of Unleash Your Inner Creative, which you can find on uh, almost any platform that I'm on, really. Uh, so the recording for that, I believe, is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. After uh, Dear Lala is uh, Jen from Dragon's Den, who should be on uh, in... 13 days from now. Good guy Dave, I've already said how much <laughs> he's going to be on. Uh, my show goal designer, my show's logo designer, Chris, he, he's an absolute great artist. He's going to be on Father's Day. And other people like Adam Perez from the A Plus Opinions, he will be on. July 11th, and scheduled to be on others, such as the uh, Puro Queen 12 herself, uh, Courtney Summers. Uh, five Nerds Go, I think that's maybe Paul from Badlands. I gotta actually talk to whoever's running that account, <laughs> really. Uh, Jess, who's a sweetheart in uh, the writing world. Uh, who else? I'm sure I'll come up with others. So there will be people that I do want on, but I'm working hard to get them. I keep on saying it and got certain people on, and I'm not giving up on this stream of mine. I will make Black Lions airspace mean something. Damn it. As long as you guys give me the leeway, it will happen. With that said, there is one goal, one aim, one road, one focus. And if you are a long-time listener, you know where I'm going. If you're not, it's basically well, ladies and gentlemen. We live in a nasty hodgepodge time where people are still being killed by way of chokeholds or nasty airborne viruses. Especially somebody that I love very dearly. She was affected by this, and I've already compared her somewhat as a younger Ori. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it is legit. This coronavirus is legit, so... Don't believe everything that you hear, that it possibly can be a hoax. I got to go through this testing twice a week. And if anybody actually listened to my last episode, you kind of know that I got kind of triggered in some type of way. But I'm not going to divulge 
please listen to that episode because it was one of my favorites that I've ever recorded. And I'm more so free to be who I am now. With that said, again, thank you very much, Ori, and we shall keep on talking. With that said to everybody else, I love you all dearly. And please continue to support me as season two of Black Lions Airspace does launch in 10 days time and continue on forward. Please take care of yourselves, your friends, your families, and each other. This has been Zachary Shiloh and Ori. Take care. See ya.